Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Prep Life Podcast. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger, today with my fabulous co-host. Hey, everybody. This is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. So today we're going to be talking about part two of European Masters. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about the food side of things. And we'll incorporate some travel tips in general, just Um, things that both of us have learned along the way. I know we've done Mm -hmm. previous podcasts on this, but with the holidays coming up and people traveling to visit loved ones, I think some of these tips will be helpful there. But specifically, we're going to talk about the uniqueness of traveling overseas for a competition, which adds a totally different element. So (laughs) (laughs) something that is a very big misconception for a lot of my athletes, I get this question a lot about flying domestically with mm-hmm. food and what are the rules around that. So there are so many um, things that are acceptable if you are just flying to a different state. With mm-hmm. the one caveat that Hawaii has restricted rules, and I will tell you what those are. It's just basically you cannot bring fruits and vegetables because their, you know, islands are so lush and unique that they do not want other, like, things from the lower 48 getting brought into Hawaii. So you're okay as long as you bring, like, cooked meat and things like that. You can bring proteins and such to Hawaii, but they will confiscate any sort of fruits or vegetables. So don't bring those get those while you're there they're better there anyways um just probably a little bit more expensive so with that being said the um you know the things that you run into that are problematic when doing a show overseas is that you are not allowed so the new rule right now is yeah. I just looked it up you have to kind of stay on top of like what the current um protocols are because this year was different than when I had traveled previously to Italy. There weren't any restrictions for bringing protein. I had zero problems bringing my food to Italy the first time. Um, mm-hmm. Everything went through customs just fine. And, you know, the majority of my items were in my checked bag. I think that's the bigger issue is you can't have it, like, on your person, on you. Um as you go through security of customs once you land. So I had to basically have had eaten all of my food for that day when I landed in Italy and then the rest of my food was in my check bag. So Spain's extremely lax, or at least they were when I went to Alicante. Um, I don't know if those rules have changed just because I haven't gone back there, but I know there were no restrictions. However, um, and maybe we can get into this later, but I ended up losing all of my food um, because I lost my bag. So I had frozen all of my chicken and everything that I was going to eat was so there were um, thunderstorms in wherever we were leaving from. I forget where now, but we got rerouted. So we got put on a different airline to get to Spain. And our bags were in New York for two days. And I'll never forget, we flew into Madrid. The competition was in Alicante. 
we had like two days in Madrid. I remember right before our flight to Alicante, after 48 hours of not having my food or any clothes whatsoever, <laughs> other than my heels and the clothes that were stinky, stank all over me. I had like literally heels, my suit, like everything you bring in your carry-on is like uh-huh. jewelry, like yep. your heels, your extensions. I had all that stuff. I didn't have like an extra pair of underwear, like a pajamas, nothing. So I've kind of learned since that experience to put like an extra couple outfits, some pajamas, uh, some socks, some underwear, and my carry-on. But anyway, that's neither here nor there about food. Um, so it ended up arriving, the suitcase arrived like an hour before we were leaving for the airport and I opened up the the Ziploc or the cooler and all the chicken was frozen solid still <laughs> but I didn't wow at that point we were staying at a place so our backup plan was to stay in an apartment that had a kitchen so luckily in Spain my husband was able to find like a I didn't really have any clothes to wear to go out and about so he had to kind of like go. So he found some place that sold chicken. Um, but that's another issue in Europe is finding protein as mm. a backup is like impossible because the only protein they eat are cured meats. And especially in Italy, it's very few and far between that you'll find like actual protein like at a store that's that you can cook. But anyway, um, so... Where was I going with this? So your husband had to go on a hunt for, like, how did he find food for you? Yeah. So in Madrid, luckily there was like a grocery store that was within walking distance that had like organic chicken. So he cooked up a bunch of chicken there. And then, yeah. So I didn't trust the chicken that came two days later. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Yeah. He just made enough for me to make it through to the competition and to go to Alicante. So... Circling back to this trip to Italy, so the stipulations for customs, and I don't know if I'm going to get, like, in trouble by talking about this. No. Um, (laughs) So if you're traveling, like, inner Europe, you can have enough uh, meat for your personal consumption. So that is allowed. So as long as it's cooked, it's portioned in the amount that wouldn't be resold is kind of what they're trying to avoid mm-hmm. you reselling meat, I guess. <laughs> Apparently that's a thing. Um, so it has to be like personal consumption. So that obviously was my personal consumption. I literally packed like I, f- so it took me five hours. I just put this on the Instagram um, reel on glam girl today, actually, or last week, I guess when we're recording this. Um, so, Basically, I, you know, once all the food's cooked, it's cooled. Then the next day, it took me five hours to weigh and measure, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, show day to portion all those things out because you have to like take separate Ziploc bags for each meal, kind of label each one with a Sharpie and then take a gallon bag, label it by the day. Mm-hmm. And then put it in there. And then you also have to allow time for those to freeze because uh, it's just easier to just have like those packs that you're not consuming on your day of travel completely frozen solid. So Wednesday's food that I was consuming while we were flying over to, to Rome um, 
you know, that was obviously defrosted. And with prep mm-hmm. brain, it just, it makes way more sense to label everything. Yeah. <laughs> just to make yeah. sure that you're like on point. So TSA allows ice packs. And it was funny, we were in the United States and I had a whole Nalgene bottle of ice. And he's like, this guy behind me in the TSA line, he was like tapping my shoulder. He's like, you're not allowed to bring that on through security. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, yes, you are. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. Fluid in it. And he's like, you're allowed to bring ice. And I said, yeah, absolutely. And he's like, I never knew that. I just learned a new thing. And so word to the wise, get two containers, fill them to the brim with ice, take those through security. You put them on the tray. Um, if you're pre-check, you don't even have to really take out all of your food out of your cooler. Mm-hmm. Um, the main thing they need to know though, is that your ice pack is frozen solid. Mm-hmm. And if you have any sort of liquids, obviously they have to be three ounces or less and in a separate Ziploc. So I, I go through pre uh, TSA pre-check, but if you're going just through the regular TSA, just make sure you pull out all of your food just because they're going to stop you anyways. Just do, do them the favor of like just putting that out there, putting the containers with ice in them on the tray and then also the frozen solid ice pack. Um, any sort of powders that you have usually set off the bomb alarm. So I just proactively put those as well as salt. Also, I've noticed mm-hmm. sets off the alarm. Yeah. So just kind of like set those in the tray. It saves you a lot of hassle and then you can kind of go right through. So, um, basically the rules in Italy is, you know, if you're flying from anywhere that's not Europe, you really, the only things you're allowed are baby formula and dog food. Huh. So I was going to try to just say that my meat was dog food, (laughs) 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 but I don't know why those those are the only things that are allowed. So I just put it in my check bag. Um, it could have easily gotten confiscated and it could have easily not made it. So always make a plan B. Because all my food could have gotten taken away from me. But I really had no choice because I could only pack all of my food for Wednesday. Right. And then we flew out like at 8 p.m. And then it was like a eight-hour flight through the night for us. And then we landed at like 9 a.m. Rome time. So, you know, I was praying that my food, my check bag was coming through on the conveyor belt after I went through customs. Because at that point, you know, I had zero food left. I didn't have any food on me because I consumed it all Wednesday. And so I was just praying that my Thursday food was going to come through because I was ready to eat breakfast. Yeah. I saw it come down the conveyor belt. I was like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And it was still frozen or like how was, how did it do? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was still frozen because we left at like. Um, I think our flight for Atlanta left around noon or something like that. Oh, okay. And then, so I pulled it out like at the very last minute on the way to the airport. And then basically it was, you know, it stayed cold for, I would say that it was probably, I don't know, we had a layover. We had a connection in Atlanta. So it was probably in there for like 16 hours or something. Wow. But yeah, it stayed frozen. Um I mean, I didn't even have to put ice packs in there, so. Wow. Did you use, like, a, like, a lunch bag, or? 
Yeah, and you can you can watch this reel. So I have this huge. Oh, perfect. Um, it's like a soft side cooler. Yeah, it just looks like a big beach bag, basically. But oh it's yeah, and so I always put all of my food in that one in the checked bag, and then yeah, I use my six pack backpack, um, my six pack bag cooler bag, and and I put that in the seat in front of me, on because it fits right underneath. Yeah, in front of me on the and then in the overhead compartment, my carry on. Like I said, that has all the essentials that are fragile that I have to have for the show. I don't want to put any of that in my check bag in case I lose that. So on the way there, you know, I had my suit, my backup suit, just everything that I would have needed for show day was in that overhead compartment roller bag. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I have three bags that I basically bring. And even if I'm doing domestic shows, that's kind of the way I roll is like with those three strategies. So. That's perfect. Yeah. I know that we've used a big like soft sided cooler um, when you're, you know, two people who eat a lot of food. It's just like really easy to throw everything in there. But obviously, like we wouldn't be able to do that if we were traveling overseas. So that's a really good tip. And definitely I've made the mistake of freezing my food the day that I'm leaving, like not wow. putting it in the fridge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you're like chewing on frozen broccoli in the airport. It's like so unpleasant. So that's always a good point too, is to freeze the rest of the days, but make sure you defrost the day that you're going to eat. Yeah. That happened to one of my clients. She was like, she took that advice and she froze everything. And then yeah. she was so uncomfortable because her food never thawed. That she had to eat that day. She didn't think about yeah. it. It was like frozen solid. So that kind of reminds me of another tip too. So I have um, I have the generic version of a Hot Logic, and that oh. was a game changer for me because my even after several days of just putting my stuff in the refrigerator after it was checked, mm-hmm. it was still kind of frozen. Yeah. Um, okay. Like crystallized. So like, for example, Thursday's food, it still hadn't defrosted. So I have this hot logic, which is just this little, um, you know, I bring like a little glass dish with a lid and then I put that on top of the hot logic and plug it in and it cooks your food. So it gets it like in 15 minutes, maybe 10, I don't know, but it's, it's awesome. Especially when you're, that's pretty fast, like dieting, it's just, yeah, it's like a little hot plate thing that you plug in yeah. and it zips around it. Um, so bring adapters if you're going to different countries. Make sure you have the right True. adapter. Because, uh, like, when we went to London, it was a different adapter right. than in Italy. Um, so that you can use those kind of things. And, yeah, it made for um, me to not have to crunch on ice chunks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe enjoy some of those, those foods. I know that there's certain foods too that freeze better. Like from my personal experience, if I'm thinking about vegetables that freeze well, or Mm -hmm. honestly buying fresh vegetables and cooking them and freezing them always seems to travel better for me because I think the frozen sometimes are already, um, they have a lot of fluid in them. Mm -hmm. And so when they start to defrost in the zippy, the Ziploc bag, they get like kind of soggy and there's a lot of water in there. Definitely. Yeah, and I mean, in peak week, you're kind of limited to, like, the certain types of vegetables. So 
this time I brought like zucchini and mostly cauliflower rice, but I cooked it first, let it cool, drained some water off of it, and then like packed Perfect. it in the Ziplocs. Um, so, I mean, it's still, you know, it's still a little bit watery, but with the hot logic, it makes it a lot better. That's better if you can heat it up. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I've never been able to get rice to freeze and be edible again. Like it always is like a weird consistency to me, but potatoes have always done well or like rice cakes, I think are super easy. Um, like what, or oatmeal too. I feel like travels pretty well. Yeah. During peak week, I mostly utilized sweet potatoes, uh, for the most part. Okay. And then I, for whatever reason, rice doesn't really sit well with me. It makes me extremely bloated. Oh, that's right. Um, so, I mean, rice cakes would definitely be my recommendation. And I did bring rice cakes just as a backup, like if something yeah. happened. Smart. Um, so, yeah, those are good. And then for fats, like if you decide you want to bring like a whole jar of peanut butter, just make sure that goes in your check bag and yeah, double bag it with like a gallon Ziploc. Um, so that was my fat that I brought. And... I always do like ground 99% chicken or turkey. I just That's feel like easy, that yeah. reheats better than breast meat and things like that or fish. I'd agree. Fish can oh, yeah. fast. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Traveling with fish is scary. Yeah. So that's kind of, I mean, that's like, did you have any other questions about food or? Um, I was going to ask like what you did with like the time zone change and like how, how you adjusted your meals or sleep or like what types of things you did to prepare for the show in that aspect. Yeah. So I think because I do a time restricted feeding window where, mm -hmm. you know, I kind of go 16 hours fasting. Um, what I basically did was I kind of tried to sleep or push back like my first meal on Wednesday as late as I possibly could. So oh, okay. I ate it like a little bit later than what I normally would. And then okay. I pushed back all of my meals. So right before I went to sleep on the plane, I ate my last meal like okay. right before going to bed. And then when I woke up, you know, I actually slept um, most of the flight there. Which Great. Was nice that Cause it was basically my bedtime. <laughs> 8 PM. Yeah. And then when I woke up, you know, it was obviously early our time, but I, you know, I had to kind of wait to get my food off the conveyor belt sure. and check into the hotel and then heat it up. But it ended up working out fine. And then I just kind of acclimated myself. I just tried to stay up, you know, until at least the sun was going down sure. there in Rome. Um, and it's always best, like, to get rid of jet lag it's good to, once you land, immediately try to exercise and huh. get light exposure. So we okay. went straight to the gym, um, we worked out, and then we went outside and kind of like explored Rome until the sun set. So you kind of reset your circadian rhythms by giving yourself light exposure and movement, and it helps you acclimate a lot better. So I actually didn't have any trouble at all. Oh, that's great. Over. Um, my family did. Like, <laughs> it was funny. Like, my, my husband would, like, randomly pass out, like, on the bed and just, like, start <laughs> sleeping, like, randomly. <laughs> um, but somehow, I don't know. I 
I was fine. I think what was worse for me was coming back. I was, I oh. had a hard time adjusting when we got back because, um, the flight wasn't like during the middle of the night. It was like what would have been our daytime. Oh, sure. You know, and it's a longer flight on the way back. And then when you land, you know, for you, like in London, it felt like it, it was midnight, but there in Dallas, it was 2 p.m. in the afternoon. Oh, wow. So that was rough. Um, I definitely passed out like in the car ride home and um, yeah, in the airport and stuff like that. Like I couldn't even keep my eyes open. But yeah, so time change wise, that was good. Um so here was a weird element. I don't think I mentioned on the last one what I placed, but um, yes. So I had ended up starting my period on show day. <gasps> oh, we love when that happens. Yeah, it was such a bummer because I felt like I was a lot harder like earlier. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, that was my feedback was that I needed to tighten up all over and my stomach was like bloated and descended on show day a little bit. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's a blessing to have your period, but, um, show day is not the greatest and there's really nothing you can do to control that. Right. Um, Exactly. But I did, I felt like I looked a lot harder, like a couple of days before that show. Mm -hmm. So I wish I would have like, I mean, I wish I would have landed on a different day and maybe see how things happened. But, ended up second in 40 and then third in 35 which is great yeah but yeah um what other things so we talked about the food yeah so a post show I think it was I mean we were basically in London for most of my post show and Mm -hmm. it was crazy we got so many steps I got 28,000 steps. That's the most I've wow. ever gotten in my life on one of the days that we just like literally looked at every site. So what I did was like, we actually had a, an apartment, um, type of like, I guess room in, in sure. London. Um, so we didn't have a kitchen while we were in Rome, just the refrigerator with my prepped already prepped food. And then Monday after the show, we flew to London and, I, we immediately went to a grocery store and I got like, they had these really nice, like 96% lean meatballs and it was Ooh. called British beef. I wish they made those in the States cause they were delicious. So, and then their vegetables are so much tinier and so much more robust with flavor. So they're like these little <laughs> baby zucchinis. I feel like in the United States, we pump up everything with like a bunch of water just to make it way more and it just loses all flavor (laughs) yes everything's big here yeah all the broccoli were like so baby and like same with the zucchini so you know I had my egg whites and oatmeal in the morning so I packed a bunch of oatmeal for post-show as well just so I had a easy um carb and then um then we bought eggs and we're the only um country to to refrigerate our eggs they were on a regular shelf Huh. I would have been like, I don't know where the eggs are. And <laughs> my husband randomly found them on a shelf. Interesting. <laughs> like, Why are these not refrigerated? This is so weird. Um, so, but I couldn't find any chicken or turkey in London. That was weird. They had a lot of beef. They had the eggs. Um, so I basically would prep 
I would meal prep my food. I would have breakfast in the hotel. Um, I would work out in the hotel gym and then we would go travel the sites and I would just kind of like have my prep food. And then I just gave myself like the dinner as my kind of like relaxed, you yes. know, kind of like an 80, 20 rule. So yeah, I just tried to pick menus or we tried to pick restaurants that would have like a vegetable and a protein option. Yes. And that's what I kind of tried to gravitate towards. And then, um, it worked out fairly decent. I mean, I definitely had like my treats and my gelato and all of that yeah. stuff afterwards, but, um, but yeah, I tried to kind of meet it halfway there for the most part. No, oh, that's great. I think that's a good way to approach it, especially like, um, you know, I think if somebody is going to travel from the United States overseas for a show, you want to try and capitalize on the time that you have there. And if you can have like a couple days to vacation or sightsee, like knowing how to approach your nutrition um, where it's a like a healthy experience. And um, I think that's like a great strategy that you implemented. Well, thanks. Yeah. And I just, I wanted to experience the food. So, you know, sure. There were, I definitely had like a couple nights of gelato where, yeah. But the portions over there are so small. That's another thing we were talking about. You know, we, they have these like little baby spoons you would fit right in, Chris. Oh, <laughs> you need, my home. You need this little cup. Even the largest one is like what we would consider our small. You know what I mean? So it's like, they just do everything. Oh, and then coffee. If you order cafe. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a thimble. I mean, it's basically <laughs> espresso. So you have to yeah. say you want an Americano if you want like actual real size coffee. Oh, okay. Because they add. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this little thimble because it's <laughs> a shot of espresso. And that's the Italians just like chill in these little coffee shops and just stand at the counter like drinking out of their little thimbles it's so cute so. I love that yeah I love that you got to experience that would you and they were still um like so did you adapt to the 7 p.m dinner time um so when we did London they there were a lot more options that were open oh, okay like earlier so luckily I mean I wasn't eating out in Rome my family had okay. to wait until 7 p.m for Rome like because they, yeah. they experienced, like, pizza in Rome and things like that. And, like, oh, pasta. Yeah. So I kind of stayed in the room and uh, – or, like, I would go with them just, like, with my prep food and eat, like, for breakfast nice. and stuff in Rome. But, yeah, they had to wait. Um, so by then, <laughs> it was, like, my bedtime anyways. <laughs> but it was good that London, they have an earlier, um, I guess, eating time. So yeah. They do Anytime. like high noon, yeah. They do high noon tea and all that, but yeah, there were more options. It's a big city too. That's like not the same. It's not the same culture as Italy, where they eat super light. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love this. Okay, so definitely traveling and competing overseas is doable. Yeah. Um, and it seems like a, a fun experience, and people can utilize it to, um like achieve their fitness goal and then also vacation just a little bit. Yeah. Something too, I, I did do a post on my personal page, Amy Anger, um, for Instagram on makeup yeah. and hair. So yes. I learned the hard way 
um, usually in the States, I'll just be like to Elaine, I'll just be like, oh, just use your creativity. Like whatever you think looks good. You're the professional. Mm -hmm. Don't do that in Italy. So in San Marino, (laughs) my face was a hot mess. Like it was the worst makeup I've ever had. And then I also brought a halo. And because the day was so long by the time I was ready to go on stage for prejudging the halo gave me such a headache. So don't recommend bringing a halo. Um, I would bring clip in extensions. There is a huge language barrier when it comes to a lot of people do speak English, but for both my uh, shows in Italy, there was a huge language barrier. It wasn't like everything wasn't translating, but pictures tell a thousand words. So yeah, I brought a picture of the makeup I wanted and she like did it exactly like the picture I felt like. Oh, great. And then same with the hair. Like I just showed him a picture of the hair that I wanted and he did it perfectly. Um, Alicante, I would say they were, for whatever reason, they had people that were speaking a little bit better English. But uh-huh. by that time I had, I think I also showed them a picture. So my my glamour was a little bit better there, but that's something to consider is that, um, you know, there's a lot of people that speak English, obviously. Sure. If you're doing it in the UK, you would have no problem. But, um, yeah, in Italy, just something to consider, bring pictures for hair and makeup. What did you, um, end up doing with your tan this time? You oh, did it. Yeah. That was something new that I hadn't done. So previously I obviously did the professional right yeah Uh, you heard my experience about that (laughs) on the last episode but this time I did DIY um protein had they had sponsored me and so they sent me some products and so in Phoenix actually I did DIY I did it myself and I definitely recommend having the wand it's like three dollars and you can reach your back with it so if you're doing your own tan you have to have the wand there I did the competition base coat and the top coat on my own. And my bottle of competition base coat exploded on the way home and got over all over a bunch of stuff. Oh, no. And it's a bigger bottle. So I put it in a cooler, luckily, because um, okay. the coolers have that lining in them. Yeah. So I like individually is a block them then I put them in a gallon bag then I put it in the cooler bag and it got all over the cool the inside of the cooler bag but easily rinsed off it didn't ruin anything else I was worried that that was going to happen on the way to Europe so yeah I did this super dark um and I was really afraid that it was actually just going to explode and I wasn't going to have any product to put on my body sure Um, I figured at at the very least, like I could just do the professional tan when I got there, but I didn't want to spend the money. Um, Right. So the super dark comes in like a three ounce bottle. So it's, you can put it in your, your carry on. Oh, I put one bottle of the super dark base coat in my carry on. And then I put one bottle in my checked bag and then I put the top coat in my checked bag, but I did a, a brand new bottle that was sealed completely. Mm. And it neither way it I uh, can't talk both <laughs> ways it did not explode or make any sort of mess but that is something to think about too and then I also this time just brought backup makeup just in case okay the scenario because like in Spain like I said I I was there and I was stuck with right having to either pay or 
put on my own makeup. So I brought like, you know, the NC 45 Mac competition, mm-hmm. um, like color match, you know, your foundation. foundation. Yeah. yeah. And then I brought like some extra eyelashes and, uh, just kind of made sure that I had enough at this point to do my own if I absolutely had to. Yeah, that's good. You learn from your past experiences and we're prepared. That's great. So, yeah. Well, I think, I mean, we're at the, past the 30 minute mark. I, did you have any other questions or? Um, none that I can think of at the moment. I think this was a lot of really good content. Well, thanks. It was fun to talk about it and relive it again. Yeah. It was definitely a, <laughs> the trip of a lifetime. I, I highly recommend Aww. if you can do a show overseas, like it's, it's definitely an experience worth living. I have always tried to experience different events like throughout my competition years. I've I've tried to compete in every state and then I started branching out to, you know, like worldwide stuff. Yeah. And if you have the opportunity, we're fortunate that my husband did all of our flights on points because for his job he has so many points from traveling. So like our flights were covered and so were our hotels. Um, so we've been blessed yeah. in that regard. Like, yeah, he's really good with finagling the points and everything, but if you can do it, I think it's just, it's a really cool experience. Um, but yeah, so. I love that. Yeah. I can't wait to see the pictures too. Oh, well, thanks everyone for listening. And if you would like to connect with us on Instagram, we are at prep life podcast or at glam girl bikini. Feel free to shoot us a DM and, let us know what you thought of this episode. You can tag us on your story. That would be so appreciated. And if you find it in your heart to leave a rating or review, that just helps other people find the podcast. We try to keep this ad free and that's just the way of paying it forward. Um, if there are topics that interest you and you can think of somebody else that, you know, this might help or, um, you know, maybe somebody wants to go overseas and, they can get some tips from this. If you leave a rating or review, that just helps other people that are interested as well find us. So if you would like to apply for the team, you can go to glamgirlbikini.com and hit the get started button. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger, signing off with my fabulous co-host. And this is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. Thanks for listening, everyone.